Gold at 1645. The dollar teasing triple digits. Bond yields coming down. Juniors are starting to respond. Most of them don't care, but we are seeing some life out there. Money is being raised. We're going to talk coronavirus. That is escalating a bit. We're going to talk takeouts. We're going to talk the Trumpster. We're going to talk MAGA pigeons. Victoria's Secret. Bloomberg. The debates. A little bit of this and a little bit of that. I am Gerardo Del Real along with my co-host, Mr. Nick Hodge. This is episode 58 of Bizarro World. Mr. Hodge, how are you, senor? I'm reminded of the story I read a couple of weeks ago about how a certain percentage of pigeons had human hair tied around their toes. And that's why some <laughs> pigeons you see walking around in parks, uh, particularly um, areas with high human population density, have jacked up toes because they had human hair wrapped around them. I'm doing good, Gerardo. How's it going? <laughs> That may be the single best answer to how are you doing I've received in quite some time. I am well also. Thank you for uh thank you for asking. I don't have an equally intelligent or insightful response. Um but let's get right to it. Big week for gold. Um it closed at the 1643 level and it did so impressive to me. It did so despite a rising dollar. It was up on the week. It got as high as 99.82, the dollar index. It pulled back and closed at 99.32, but good week for the dollar, good week, great week for gold, great week for silver. Um, I'd love to hear your thoughts, Mr. Hodge. No, I want to hear your thoughts, Gerardo, because I watched this Bloomberg segment on TV yesterday um, where they had this chartist guy on, some, <laughs> I don't know, New York fund guy, and um, they were charting like the dollar and they were charting finally mentioning gold on Bloomberg, they were charting the GDX. Um, and this guy was saying that um, GDX is on the, the verge of breaking out. And if um, gold could break out even further than it has, then GDX um, could do really well. These are things that you and I follow, of course. But then um, the host asked him, but dollar is going up as well. And, and people don't understand this. Um uh, what say you? And I was thinking, well, these guys haven't been reading Gerardo for two years. And so you tell them, Gerardo. Well, it's 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 a very simple premise, right? At the end of the day, I don't consider myself much of an expert on anything, but I do think that it, it, it becomes easy to take big, complicated scenarios and connect the dots. And I'm halfway decent at that at times. And and this is something for years that I said, listen, you know, it's it's that 2016 head fake that we got with the dollar wasn't real because it didn't coincide with rising U.S. indices and a rising dollar. And the premise for me had always been either A, a black swan event like a coronavirus, which we're seeing now, or um, a, a, a distorted bond market overseas that leads to capital flight, leaving other parts of the world and flooding the U.S. Now, where is that money? Where is that capital likely to go? Well, we know that the most liquid market in the world is the treasury market, right? Bonds. And so, it, no brainer to me. I mean, I don't have to be a bond expert to know that if we had a black swan event and there's always one lingering or we had over, issues overseas with uh, Japan and Euro Europe's bond market, that capital was going to come into treasuries. So I don't think it's a coincidence that we just printed a record low for the 30 year bond. We have a 10 year that hit a low of 145. We record this on Friday. Um, it closed at 147. And so I sent you a message I believe it was Monday morning or Sunday or something. And I said, we're going to get $1,600 gold. Going to 1600 Going to 1600 It's doing it. And it was at 1580 at the time. And the reason was just me watching the bond market. It's If you want to know what's happening in the world, start with the bond market. This is a clear flight to safety. Um, growth is already slow in Europe. Growth was already slow in Japan. And, you know, when you have hundreds of millions of people quarantined, um, that's going to affect outside of the real human toll that it takes. Lives are being lost. People are sick. We'll talk about that in a minute. Um, you know, we have three cases in San Antonio, people that were flown in here about an hour and a half from where I am. You live in Spokane. I know you have some cases there, people that have been flown in there. So it's definitely escalating. And, and capital is afraid. And anytime capital is afraid, it's going to go where it's treated best. And, and, and big capital requires big liquidity. 
The gold market can't provide it, but the bond market can. And so we saw that this week. The minute I saw the the 10-year yield coming down, I, that's when I sent you the message. I said gold's going to, you know, get through the 1600 phase. I've said repeatedly small amounts of capital into the gold market will make a big difference. I also said at the end of last year that you could expect $100 and $200 weekly moves in the price of gold. I think we're on the cusp of that. I think we're just getting started. And frankly, there's not much resistance all the way up to 1670 at this point. So I hope that's, that's my next question, question, right? I mean, so I'm looking at the I'm look I'm I'm looking at the chart and the last time gold went through um, 1600 in, in 2011, it, it quickly went to all time highs, like went through 1600 in June, I believe. And then by September was at 1900. So, um, you know, it's little precedent right here to, to base things on. What are your thoughts on that? What happens next? I, I think we go all the way up to 1670 and then we're going to let the numbers and the market dictate what happens next. Right. Just like we, there wasn't much of a gap between that 1350 and $1,500 level then we got a bit of a consolidation, right? Um, I, the, the, the 1670 level is the old 1460. I remember saying if we break through 1460 or I think it was 1464, then we're getting past 1500. If we can break through 1670 on the U S side, um, then I think we're off to the races and, and, and going past 1700. I don't know if we're ready for that yet. The month end closing this month will be a deciding factor. Um, Try to not be emotional about these things and get too excited. You want to play it by the numbers or you're going to get caught falling in love with your own opinion, right? No, that's exactly right. And so, um, you know, I've just been sort of looking at my my holdings this week, seeing maybe what I want to want to add to. But, you know, certainly not making any um, rash decisions when when gold is moving 20, 30 dollars in, in one direction at any given time. Agreed. And, you know, I, I started the day and I was a bit disappointed because the juniors weren't responding after lunch. There, there, were, there was a move in quite a few of the juniors that I hold and, and some that I watch. And so I'm encouraged by that. It'll be interesting to see post PDAC what that looks like. I know you'll be out there. Um, it, it, it's interesting, right? We typically sell off in, in the juniors. But with this momentum, if, if we do get past that 1670 level, it, 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 it could get really really interesting. We talked last week about the fact that companies were raising money. They're finally exploring. Um, you know, I got a, I got a letter that I'm going to feature in the next issue of Junior Mining Monthly, which is the premium service, of course, that I write for Outsider Club. And I won't share too much, but I had, you know, a, a, a disgruntled and rightfully so subscriber that said, hey, look, Gerardo, you've been at this since 2016. I've been a loyal subscriber. Um, most positions are down. Um, you know, we're down 30, 40% more in some cases. Sure, there's been a couple of winners, but for the most part, like you've you've gotten it wrong. And he was absolutely correct as far as the stocks go. I don't need to go into the details. We all know what the resource sector has been from, you know, post mid 2016 up until now. But my 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 response to him, and again, I won't give it all the way, but my response was we haven't had the market for the higher risk, higher reward companies that I gravitate towards for those to explore. We haven't had the market, frankly, for those companies to even raise capital to be able to explore. So there's been a bunch of companies in the portfolio whose assets I really like, managed management teams I really like, who just haven't been able to do any meaningful work. And we're finally at the point where those companies are raising money, have significant drill programs that are starting up. And, um, you know, my, 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 my short answer to him was, Please stick around for 2020 and let the portfolio perform because we're finally at the point where these companies are getting some work done. Doesn't mean that they're all going to hit. We know the game. We know the odds. But a good percentage of those companies, I'm, I'm very confident, um, will make significant discoveries and or get revalued higher. Um, and, and it'll be worth the wait. So that's 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 that. That's kind of where we're at. That's the market we're in, I believe. Thoughts, Nick? No, that's it. Next week, you're going to see a, a very busy week, right? Everybody's going to, of course, rush to get out their news releases so they can um, discuss them at PDAC. And so there's going to be a ton of news, um, more news than there has been uh, in recent years because of what you just said. And so, yeah, there's uh, many more active companies. There's many more opportunities. There's many more catalysts. And um, it's been busy. Let's talk about another disgruntled subscriber whose email I received this past week, who I already responded to. So I'll share that one. 
the 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 gist of the the email said, "Hey, look, um, Advantage Lithium. You and I talked about it on the podcast before. Um, I, I I said in late 2019 that I thought the lithium stocks, the quality ones, were at a bottom, and I think you know that's been proven correct for the most part. I I, I don't think they're going to continue to go straight up, especially with coronavirus. We'll talk more about coronavirus in a second. I think that slowed things down. But I was on Oro Cobra's conference call yesterday evening, um, and they made it clear that they expect a very robust, active second half of the year. Um, and and as a result, you know, they went ahead and bought out Advantage Lithium, the subscriber who wrote in, um, wrote in and said, hey, look, you initially recommended this company at 90 cents. We were hoping to make a buck 52 bucks a share um, on Advantage Lithium shares. We've held for a couple of years and now, you know, they're being bought out for the equivalent of 42, 43, 44 cents. And my response to him was the buyout is a step in that run up. It's not the end game, right? So if you sell the shares of Oro Cobre, which is the company that's buying Advantage out, sure, you're stopped out at the 42, 43, 44 cent level. I believe that Oro Cobre shares are going to bring liquidity and they have plenty of upside. And I still believe that we're going to see that 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 run up that that finally makes that a profitable position because the asset had always begged for consolidation. But again, Advantage is a perfect example of a company that I visited in Argentina, vetted the management team, vetted the asset. They delivered. They 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 got the resource up. Um, the chemistry is beautiful. The real estate play. We got that spot on. We we recognized early on that it was a fractured real estate package that would have to be consolidated. That's now happened, and and I still think there's more consolidation in that basin. I don't think that's a a, a three company basin. I think it's a one company basin. Um, and eventually that'll happen, but you know, you, you have to take it one step at a time. So advantage lithium. Yeah. It's at, you know, 38, 40 cents right now. This thing hit a 52 week low of 13 cents, not too long ago. And so a move from these levels after the buyout to much higher levels, I definitely think it's in the cards and it's why I've advised subscribers and myself. I own a lot of shares, um, to hold Oro Cobra shares. Yeah. I don't think anyone thought that. Um, the buyout was going to come here. There was talk of maybe bringing in uh, another strategic or a partner, maybe uh, a Chinese company. And so, you know, I had it in, in my letter as well. And so um, it got taken out sort of uh, right at the price that the average in price that, that we were in at. We were uh, fortunate enough to buy a, a, another whack of stock late last year when it was at those uh, lows you just mentioned. And um, I advise the same thing, you know, you, you got to stay with the, with the thesis and you got to, you got to stay with the Oro Cobra shares. This isn't one that you, you know, use this liquidity event to sell your shares and move on. This is when you, you take your shares in Oro Cobra and you, um, keep them to participate in the, the future upside of the lithium market, which you and I discuss routinely. Absolutely. And I'm glad you mentioned the fact that you encourage subscribers new and old to average down and buy if they could. And I realize not everybody can. Um, but, but, you know, we advised multiple times. I advised multiple times when it was down at the 15, 20 cent level. If you can double down on your position, if you can add, add some, if you don't own it, consider yourself lucky and buy some at these levels. It's an, it's an absolute bargain. But, you know, I, I, again, I completely get it. If you bought in at 90 cents and you've held it and you didn't average down when it was 15, 20, 25, 30 cents, and now you're getting taken out at 42, 43, 44 cents. I completely understand the, the frustration. But again, this is one step in a multi-step dance, right? So for those of you listening that are advantage shareholders, I encourage everybody to hold those shares. And, and you know, the other thing is this. You mentioned the, the potential for a strategic to come in or other potential suitors. Look, the breakup fee on that deal is a million dollars. If there is another suitor out there that, um, appreciates the strategic value and the quality of the resource in the basin. A million dollars is pennies for a big company to come in um, to take that asset back from or Oro Cobre, the 75% of it. So I'm not completely ruling that out. I say all that to say there's a lot of upside from here. And I think 2020 um, is going to be a just a, a, a fantastic year for the better names. Lithium Americas has had a great run. I think they're just getting started. Um, Oro Cobre, I believe, is going to have a great year. And, you know, I could go on. So I'll leave it there. Okay.
What else is on your mind, Mr. Hodge? Um, do we want to talk about how serious uh, coronavirus is getting? I've referenced it multiple times. It obviously is the talk of the town. The overall indices were down today in large part because most people are anticipating this to continue to escalate at least for a bit. Um, I mentioned the fact that there's three new cases that were flown into an hour and a half away from where I live, um, flown into San Antonio. I believe you have five in Spokane. So let me let me let, let, let me hear what you think, Nick. How it's affecting the global economy? We've seen some numbers today. Um, they didn't look good. Um, I'll give you my thoughts later as to where this leads, but I'd love to hear your thoughts first. Uh, well, I first of all, I think it's it's still early. I think we don't have. Um, all the information we need to make good decisions, uh, whether that's uh, intentional or not, I'm not sure. I think that we don't have a good handle yet on uh, the incubation period. And so they haven't been able to determine uh, with high accuracy exactly how many people that have been exposed are actually uh, infected. Um, And so there's a lot we don't know. So I'll start there. I think that the next couple of weeks are going to be very revealing. Um, uh, one thing we know is that it's already being mentioned by major international corporations. Apple said it was going to impact sales. We know Foxconn um, isn't running at full capacity. Um, I've seen reports coming out of China um, that don't corroborate what they're saying about people getting back to work and cities functioning normally and not just in Wuhan, but in other cities as well. Uh, Mayor in Katusa sent out some charts this morning um, showing traffic patterns in uh, major Chinese cities. And thankfully, in, in 2020, we have charts that monitor such things. And you can see uh, very clearly that the volume of traffic is only 10 to 20 percent of what it typically would be um, in China in, in various cities. And so uh, that's a fact. I mean, that's data, right? So interpret that however you want. Um, the other thing is that it's spreading, right? So you have clusters now in, um, Japan, you have, um, a couple of dozen cases. I think last I read in South Korea, you have multiple deaths in Iran. Um, uh, so it's spreading, uh, geographically, obviously, uh, wider. There is, um, mass quarantines going on both on land and in (laughs) floating ships, right? Cruise ships where there was 700, uh, people infected. And so this all makes for um, uh, a frenzy for media, of course, right? Um, there's people dying. There's a mass outbreak um, that's perfect for cryons and breaking news um, and things like that. And then so you step back and you look at things like the mortality rate. Um, and is it is it is it that fatal? Uh, we don't know. Two, two and a half percent mortality. Um, influenza, less than like 0.5 percent, for example. Um Gosh, I don't know. I feel like I'm starting to ramble, but I'm just giving you what I know and, and what I'm seeing. There's like over 2,000 deaths right now. And you say, um, you talk about the people being brought to San Antonio and Spokane yesterday. They said they were going to bring five here. I think they ended up bringing four. Um, they're in the Sacred Heart Hospital here. I can see it from my office window. So they're literally right across the the highway. I guess there's some sort of specialized respiratory unit there that only 10 other hospitals in the country have. I guess the one of the hospitals in San Antonio has one of them. And that, that sort of got me thinking, why the fuck do only 10 hospitals in the country have this specialized <laughs> respiratory unit? Anyway. <laughs> it's a whole other um, podcast. And so, look, I, I don't think we know, but it's clearly going to impact um, global supply chains and manufacturing and car sales. Apple is saying as much. Um, Dow was down, I think, 1% each of the past um, uh, two days. And so um, it remains to be seen, but it's definitely uh, spreading for sure. Agreed. And some context, as of Friday today, when we record, there's uh, approximately 77,000 cases now reported globally, um, all but 1,200 um, have been reported by China. There's been approximately 2,250 deaths. Um, there was some good news out of the university here in Austin, the University of Texas at Austin. Um, made uh, the, the scientists and researchers made a, a pretty um, important and significant breakthrough towards developing a vaccine for the 2019 coronavirus by creating what they call the first 3D atomic scale map. 
of the part of the virus that attaches to and infects human cells. So what they're saying is that mapping this, um, this spike protein that they call call it, is, is, is a big step for researchers around the world to develop vaccines to combat the virus, right? And so this was just published two days ago on February the 19th in the journal Science. Um, and and the, the team that, that, that mapped this out is also working on a related vaccine stemming from the research. So there is some good work going into this. Um, there seems to be more collaboration among states and countries. Let's hope that the transparency continues. Um, but yeah, definite impact. And back to my comment earlier about where I think this all leads. Um, outside of the human's hole, I think it provides cover for a Fed cut, which prior to this, I did not think we would get this year because it is an election year and the Fed typically likes to be inactive as to not influence the politics, right? The landscape. But I think this is going to be severe enough economically um, on a global scale um, to where we get another cut. So looking forward, if we get a cut in June, right, we have gold here at 1642, 1643. We have a 10 year at 147. We have a 30 year at a record low. Um, you add another cut there. If growth is slowing everywhere else, you still come to the U.S. to have that liquidity and to get a return because it sure in the heck beats negative interest rates, right? No, that's exactly right. I was talking with a couple of people about that this week, and and they were all of the opinion that we still see new highs in U.S. equities. Agreed. Agreed. Do we want to talk? Um, last week, we we got in depth about Roger Stone, and we talked about Bill Barr, the attorney general, and and you know him basically um, stepping on his own prosecutors and saying, no, 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 I don't think you guys know what you're doing. I don't want that guy to get nine years. I want him to get nothing. And so- He's finally been sentenced. Should we get into that? If you want to talk about it, I didn't pay close attention to Roger Stone, but, you know, related to that and tangential to it was a whole bunch of, um, you know, pardons and things, white collar uh, crime pardons by yeah, Trump. Yeah. And and I know you want to talk about uh, crime, uh, rich people crime versus all other crimes. So it could be a good segue. Yeah, absolutely. And that, that's exactly where I was going. I, I could care less for Roger Stone. I, I, I don't believe he'll he'll serve the bulk of his, um you know, the bulk of his sentence, because I do believe that President Trump will pardon him. He's already at the very least um spoken on the fact that that was an option. And this before the guy even files his appeal. And so it just goes back to my point, right? If, um you know, we have Mayor Bloomberg, there was the debate this week, and he didn't do particularly great. And a big reason was he got called out on the stop and frisk policies that were enacted by Mayor Giuliani and subsequently continued under Bloomberg's mayorship of New York City. Um, and, and stop and frisk was simple. Go into minority neighborhoods, black and brown neighborhoods, for the most part, predominantly black and brown neighborhoods, and just randomly push up on a kid, throw him up against the wall, pat him down, see if he's got anything. Rights be damned. Constitution be damned. Whole thing, you know, none of that mattered. And this happened for years. Um, and, and, and it was heavily skewed towards minority and lower income neighborhoods. And so him being called out on that Bloomberg was a part of the reason why he didn't do too well this week in the debate, right? Elizabeth Ward and everybody ate his lunch. Oh, she um, dug in his butt. <laughs> she dug in a lot of people's butts. Um, you know, Amy wasn't happy. Amy's healthcare plan got called a post-it note. <laughs> so. I, I, I saw that. I, I think she was also about to rip Pete's throat out. Agreed. Oh no, no, no. She was on. She she was on the war path. No pun intended there, right? But she 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 definitely um, had a very strong appear uh, performance, and she appeared to be completely in control of the narrative. And you know, it it it, it made me want to listen a little bit more. Um, so kudos to her. Back to where I was going but, with this. But she, oh, sorry. Go ahead. No, no, but, no, go ahead. But she, she doesn't know the president of your mother country, though, Gerardo. Well, anyway, she, well, the, well, not only that, and more importantly, more importantly, um, you know, she is all for this big green new deal. And I'm going to get sidetracked here real quick, but this is an important point. Um, but she also wants to immediately stop all drilling and fracking on public lands, right? Without a review. Oh, that's Elizabeth Warren. Yeah. Elizabeth Warren. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm back to Elizabeth yeah. Warren. Right. Without a review, without seeing the merits of the drilling, without seeing if it's done responsibly. And this is where she loses me. 
for all the points that I agree yep. with her on, because there are several, there are several. I think her and Bernie are excellent candidates for a lot of the social issues that are important to me. I think they're excellent candidates when it comes to doing away with a lot of the corruption that we're seeing right now that we're going to talk about here in a bit in relation to President Trump. Um, and, and, and both sides, right? We just saw the debacle with the DNC in Iowa and they don't know how to work an app and that was intentional. Um, but I actually believe in Bernie and Elizabeth Warren when they speak out against that. What frustrates me as somebody that would like to see a president in office that is rational and factual and believes in science and brings some decency back to the office is when Elizabeth Warren gets to talking about immediately putting, um, you know, a, a, a stop to all commodity drilling, all resource drilling, um, and then review it. And so when I look at that and then the very next statement out of her mouth is, you know, we need to make sure we address the climate change issue because it is the ex <laughs> existential issue of our time. Those two things just don't make sense. And and that's where I begin to wonder about all of the other information, right? There's um there, there's several people in our industry and in our business that um, throw shots rightfully. So most of the time um, at other newsletter writers or, or figures in the, the junior resource industry and we all enjoy that when it's accurate, right? But every now and then there's been times where I'm privy to the fact that it's just complete BS. And it makes you wonder about the times where you're not privy to the fact um, as far as how, how, how accurate the information is. And it makes you question everything. So with Elizabeth Warren, I question, you know, just how competent some of the other plans are when one is an existential threat, the climate change issue. And the other, the thing that you need, clean energy, uh, nuclear energy, um, the commodities to to develop the infrastructure that's going to allow us to address climate change responsibly. You immediately want to cripple the industry that's going to allow you to do that. Those two things can exist in the same world at the same time. Does that make sense? Absolutely. And I'm not sure, you know, I don't want to put words in her, her mouth or demean her, but I'm not sure she understands the issue. And this sort of goes back to some of the things that I've talked about over the months um, in like, the weird solutions to climate change, right? Like the the solar roads and this weird stuff that's never going to work. And it's like, um, she, you know, she doesn't understand, or I, I don't think she does. I don't think any of these politicians thoroughly um, understand the issue and the solutions to it, or else there's no way you would say we're going to outright ban mining in Nevada on federal land. Like, what the fuck are you talking about? The guy there that was there from the <laughs> um, Nevada paper. Yep. He was even like, he was like, but you need copper and lithium for the technologies. Like, I was like, yeah, go you, dude, go you. And so I, I just don't think they understand the issue. And I think that uh, permeates down the line. I know we want to get back to the Donald Trump and white collar. Yeah, no, plan, no, but, but this I is saw, important. This is important. I saw a, another topic you had on the, the list was about um, kids at some college who didn't want their, I'm sure it's a, an endowment fund or something, to invest in fossil fuels, right? And it's like, uh, or fossil fuel companies. And it's like, well, who do you think the biggest renewable energy companies are too? Like, you know, like Shell is like, and BP probably the big, biggest employer of, of, or among them, you know, wind and solar energy in the world. And so you can't, you know, cut your nose to spite your face, man. And, and they don't even know they're doing that because they don't understand um, the nuances and they don't understand the the industry side of things, uh, right? And so, yeah, she's completely wrong on that. And I'm I'm also glad you said that they make sense on a lot of issues because you're 100% right. Like I'm watching this and I'm like, yeah, man, like people should have healthcare like other developed countries do. Like our system is completely ass backwards and, you know, they're making sense on some things. And I'm like, yeah, that does make sense. And then they're talking about like, a 1%, 2% transactions tax or a 2 cent, you know, wealth tax or whatever, they start, they start losing me on stuff like this. And I've said it before, you know, they need to focus on the corporations and not the individuals. And so now you got me on the debate, which is something I love. So just give me two more seconds. and I'll No, it, 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 it all um, ties in together though, right? You can't talk about the research space without talking about politics, know, without talking about geopolitics, without talking about policy. I mean, it's just, it's all connected. And what happens the next day? Uh, Bloomberg, who spent already like half a billion dollars, already he spent that, some $450 million on ads. Coffee money. Up there, <laughs> up Coffee there in the money. pool. Exactly right. But no one had yet heard him speak or be debated. Um, gets up there and falls flat on his face. 
Uh, Elizabeth Warren is talking about him calling women horse face lesbians, um, saying that he's, you know, a narcissistic billionaire in the vein of Donald Trump. Oh, and she so ate the him next up. Day, <laughs> oh, she ate him up, man. And so the next day, like he plummets in the betting markets and, um, you know, Sanders has still got the, the, the lane to the nomination. But ultimately, if you look at the betting markets, um, you know, Trump is still like a 59 or 60 percent favorite to win the general election, irrespective of who the Democratic nominee is. And so that's something that no one really wants to to face or talk about. And we've talked about this since since, you know, the 20 some Democratic candidates announced their 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 run for presidency. Right. We said it's not going to matter. Uh, we called it last year and it's playing out exactly as I thought it would tying it back into what I was talking about before. Well, actually, before I do that, you mentioned the students of St. John's that were demanding uh, divesture of all fossil fuel investments. Right. And did you hear what St. John's uh, University staff responded? No. They said, well, we're not going to do that, but we're happy to turn off <laughs> the heat if. Uh, yeah. <laughs> It's a great response. That's great. And the student body got, you know, they threw a hissy fit and said, we're trying to have an adult conversation here. Um, I thought it was hilarious. But anyhow, getting back to getting getting back to my point, you know, we talk about the presidency and we talk about the election. And the reason we keep saying Donald Trump is going to win, it's not because we have a dog in the fight. Whether you agree or disagree with Trump being in office, I believe he wins again. Um, and it's because he's been vetted. What is this guy going to do? That is going to shock his base out of voting for him. I don't see it. You know, he's 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 openly said he can grab, you know, woman by the you know what. I don't want to repeat the language. Didn't matter. Um, he's openly dog whistled that you know his 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 you know especially with Stephen Miller his racist staff um to make sure that they're talking to white supremacists and in, in, in a language that they understand that's had real world implications um you know with several things and you know when those real world consequences happened he said hey there's fine people on both sides right this was in response to a young lady getting ran over by white supremacists um that 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 that, that was a response there's fine people on both sides and so you know if, if this is a guy the, the latest thing was just what i was getting into you know he just pardoned 11 people. And again, if you're rich enough in this country, um, you can mostly rape and commit crime as long as it's white collar crime um, at will, at will. You know, Roger Stone just got sentenced to 40 months and the president's already talking about, well, let's see how his appeal goes. And if it doesn't go well, then yeah, I might pardon him. There's a good chance for that. He just pardoned 11 other people. And the one common denominator where these people all had committed white collar crimes and they're all closely related to the president, you know, former New York police commissioner, um, a friend of uh, Giuliani, his his police commissioner actually um, was just pardoned. Um, the former senator from Illinois, you know, is from Chicago and, you know, had been serving eight years into an 11 year sentence. He was just pardoned for, you know, clear corruption. There wasn't any question. There wasn't any um, injustice for 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 that gentleman. It was just straight up. Illinois governor offering to sell state property in exchange for favors and or money. Um, Man, that gentleman's hair went gray. Federal prison will do that to you. Roger Stone's already there. So, you know, we're not going to see that for him. But, you know, on a not so serious note, somebody put on Twitter and this is where Twitter wins. Right. Um, That's the first time that a game show contestant. was pardoned by the star of the game show that then became president. I thought that was hilarious. But the real point is, again, to hammer it home, if you're in America and you have enough money and you know the right people, if you just get the timing right, you can almost commit crime at will um, in this country. You just have to make sure the right people are in office. We just got word that Wells Fargo is reportedly near a $3 billion settlement with the SEC and the DOJ over sales scandal. Again, can you and I or the average Joe buy his way out of, um, you know, a criminal charge that's a crime for everyone else? Only if I'm rich enough and do it under the disguise of, you know, or, or in the shadows of a corporation, right? Then it's perfectly okay. If you have enough money to pay the bribe or the fine, I'm sorry, <laughs> Freudian slip, you're going to be all right. Don't worry about criminal charges. Um, 
just make sure you have enough for the fine. And that's where we're at. And so this is where Bernie and Elizabeth Warren really have me. I support that aspect of their campaign. Kind of like I support Trump's policy on China. I, I, I think it was, you know, it's overdue that an administration actually, you know, at the very least entered into serious dialogue about IP protection and, and some of the other things that they've done in the past and continue to do. But, you know, it's, um, it's, it's, it's a tragedy that we don't have a candidate um, up there that has enough money and actually has a moral compass and an understanding um, that is all encompassing on all, all issues, right? Because for every time I say, hey, go Elizabeth Warren, I like the anti-corruption approach. Then there's the comment about, I'm going to stop drilling on all federal land. And it's just, you know, can't have one without the other again, I guess. Well, well, you might get Hillary Clinton on um, electionbettingodds.com. She's got a higher percentage chance of getting the nomination than Warren. Interesting. Interesting, right? Interesting. Very, very interesting. I know you wanted to talk about Victoria's Secret a couple of weeks ago. And I only know this because I follow you on Twitter. Um, and you, <laughs> and you made a comment because there was a news report that broke a couple of weeks ago. I forgot to get you on it last week, um, where several of the models alleged, um, that there was, you know, a pattern of sexual harassment there, obviously a very serious mm. issue. Um, you of course made a comment. I don't want to put words in your mouth, so I'll let you make the comment that you made and the point that you made, but I want to talk about the buyout of Victoria's Secret, how it was sold for a song basically, and how it covers up you know, some of the rich and the powerful that were raping and pillaging um, one Mr. Epstein and his buddy, right? And and we'll get to that and tie that in. But let's talk about first the news from a few weeks ago where several of the models were alleging uh, a pattern of sexual harassment um, at the company. Sure. And I just made a joke that I won't apologize <laughs> for, sort of along the lines of what do you expect when you got all these scantily clad uh, women walking around and the entire focus of your company is to get men to ogle uh, uh, women. And so, um, you know, I just made a joke to that effect, basically. But and um, it was a joke, ladies, to be clear, a joke. Hey, but the more serious, uh, you know, implications are are why we're talking about it. Here today, and that of course is Les Wexner's um, involvement with uh, Jeffrey Epstein, and and how more details of their relationship have uh, come to light since Jeffrey Epstein didn't kill himself. And um, <laughs> you know, now it, they're basically burying. It's like what they do, right? Um, you know, yep. this isn't conspiracy stuff. We've seen how it plays out. Now it's all out in the open. They take the company private. Uh, what is the parent company? You have to remind me. Is it L Brands? L Brands. That's right. Absolutely. So, um, so you know, it'll take it private out of L Brands, which is a conglomerate that owns a bunch of of, of front facing brands like Victoria's Secret, and they'll let it fade off into the ether until um, you know no one remembers it anymore, right? I mean, that's how these things happen, right? Correct. And again, we end up not digging into the relationship um, with Jeff Epstein and and you know Ray Byland, as I'm calling it, and you know whatever the heck they call this plane and everything, all the other nasty stuff that went on that, you know, people are, are, are aware of. Um, and, and we can't seemingly as a society get to anyone else that was involved um, at, at that higher level, that higher echelon, right. Of wealth. We can find no one else guilty. That's very wealthy. Um, other than the guy who didn't kill himself. I mean, it says I can post this link. I, I again, so I haven't fully digested this article, and I haven't been keeping the pulse on this thoroughly. But there was a Financial Times article last week that said UK regulators uh, opened an investigation into the links between the Barclays chief, uh, that person's name is Jess Staley, uh, and the disgraced financier Jeffrey Epstein after receiving a bunch of emails supplied by no other than J.P. Morgan Chase, and so. Um, this is deep, folks. I mean, I'll post the link, but there's a whole like lot of stuff going on here with a lot of um, financial elites and institutions and, and money managers, etc. Again, and that's on a broader scale. That's on a global scale. I'll take something that's, you know, near and dear to people from Chicago. R. Kelly was an icon in Chicago for decades, right? Musical genius. We all know now that he was a serial piece of shit, a rapist um, and, and, you know, kidnapper. I, I, I could continue. We all know where that went. But again, even in a case like that, which is now a federal case, but even on a state level or on a city level, how many people in Chicago, music producers, talent agents, um, 
you know, uh, promoters didn't know that this was going on. Enablers, right? All his buddies, um, everybody that was around him that knew. All of these people knew and nobody else gets arrested. If, if, if you and me and two friends decide to sell marijuana and it hasn't been legalized in the state that we sell it and we all know about it and it's a big enough quantity, um, that's conspiracy. And that carries years and years of prison time. There's, there's hundreds of thousands of nonviolent drug offenders in prison because the girlfriend knew and didn't tell on the boyfriend or the friend knew and didn't tell on the friend and they can prove it. And that's all it takes to make a conspiracy case. It's beyond me why we can't apply the same standard or choose not to as a society when it comes to women, when it comes to little girls being raped, molested, kidnapped, held against their will, all the other stuff that the R. Kelly's and the Epstein's of the world were doing. No one else gets taken to court for this. It's beyond me. Well, they're, they're Can we stop the and frisk those fuckers? Can, can well, we that's stop what and frisk exactly them? what I, that's exactly what I was going to say. Right. Um, so in New York, that's exactly what I was going to tie it back to. They'll stop and frisk you with no probable cause whatsoever. But here we have a, a pedophilia ring that affects uh, princes and presidents and some of the most um, well-known financial institutions in the world with um, a seemingly sticky enough web to chase these stories around. And exactly right. Nothing's being done about it. That's exactly the, the point that I was going to make. And I was also going to uh, point to this other case and I'll post the link of this French author. I don't know if you saw this story um, who in the 80s and 90s was openly writing about his uh, pedophilia and having sex with um, uh, young children and was celebrated and revered for it in France and was never prosecuted until this day. Um, and now he's like hiding out in some, I don't know if it was the Amalfi Coast or some uh, other Italian island. Um, and the, this New York Times reporter tracked him down for an interview. I mean, they were celebrating this guy, right? It's just insane. It's crazy. Just insane. Yeah. It's, um, yeah, it, again, and you know, I know I have these conversations with my boys and my nieces and, and my wife and cousins and family about, you know, how all it takes is, you know, one, one sexual predator out there, how you have to be careful. You don't want to, you know, look at the world in a, in a completely jaded way, but you also want to make sure that you know, your loved ones are, are, are protected and safe as much as you can, you know, protect them. Right. And, and alert them to the dangers that are out there. And so it's just, it, it, it makes me furious that, um, police departments and, um, prosecutors, um, both on the state and federal level and even the city level, um, have all the time in the world for stupid shit, but don't have, can't make time for stuff like this. You know, if we want to get into a deeper discussion, um, there was a, a big scandal here in Austin where, you know, the rape kits had just been sitting at the city offices for months and months and months. Um, again, you know, I can go out any weekend to a bar on 6th Street to go listen to my favorite band and there's cops standing all over the place. And that's a good thing. Again, I come from a town in, in Mexico where there's no police department right now. Not, not a one. There's no, like, not a police officer there. So it's all run by either cartels or the Marines or you know, whoever decides they're going to be the law enforcement group for the week. Um, I know what that's like. That's not a pretty picture. I'm not, I'm not asking for that. I'm saying if there's money in the budget to have a couple of officers standing at every corner of every bar, there should be some money in the budget to fucking test the rape kits. These are women that are saying, Hey, I was raped. Can you test me so I can prove it? So we can file a case so I can get this asshole off the street. So he's not raping little girls and other women. I don't see where the disconnect happens where an adult looks at that and says, no, that's not a priority. But meanwhile, we have an infinite war on drugs simultaneously as we legalize marijuana in most of this country and a lot of the world. It's just bonkers. And almost mushrooms now. Like they're talking about like mushroom stocks on CNBC and stuff. Yeah. If you're, if you're white, if you're, if you're white collar, you can have a mushroom company. If you're not, you get arrested for having mushrooms. Exactly. Exactly. Um, Let's let's switch it to a lighter note. Did you hear about the MAGA pigeons? I didn't, but I told you my pigeon story, so tell me yours. I love it. This is hilarious. So pigeons, this is this was ahead of the debates, right? In Vegas. Um, pigeons with tiny make American make American great again hats is what, what they put on the hats. Make American great again. Had hats glued to their heads were released in downtown Vegas this past week. 
um, in what appears to be, as NBC News reported, a sarcastic statement of loyalty to the president um, and a mock <laughs> protest of Nevada's coming Democratic presidential caucuses. So this is the funniest part of this whole thing. Do you know what the group that took credit for this stunt calls itself? No. P-U-T-I-N. Pigeons <laughs> united to interfere now. <laughs> That's hilarious. That's that is- it. That, I, that's my happy story. That's how I bring it back to something that'll make you laugh, man. Um, so, yeah, a group calling itself Putin. <laughs> so, you know what I want to know. I mean, these are obviously <laughs> domestic pigeons. They got the pigeons back and have since removed the hats. Or there's just a bunch of pigeons out there now in the wild with MAGA hats on. So this organization is setting traps in hope of removing the pigeon's hats before rehabilitating and releasing the birds. They're Amazing. wearing the hats with the help of eyelash glue. Oh, PETA's about to do war with Putin. <laughs> uh, that's all I got, Nick. I, I I can't close it out better than that. I would like to highlight again um, before before we get out of here um, some companies that are worth looking at. Can can I get your take? You're headed to PDAC here in a little bit. Um, can oh I get goodness. your take in companies that you're interested in visiting with that you want to either bet learn more about, or simply just, you know, catch up with? Um, You put me on the spot, but uh, one that I recommended just yesterday that I've been looking at for a long, long time, as you know, is Chicana Copper. Um, And I laid out the whole rationale yesterday in the letter about, you know, being offered 50 cent stock while it was still private and not wanting to come in behind um, a 32 or 30, 32 million shares, I guess it was at a penny and um, five cents. And so how the whole saga has played out, I'm making this long, I'm sorry. Um, but the share structure eventually, you know, gave way and, and, and did what it always does. It, it eroded, um, it has come all the way down to, to 15, 16, 17 cents. They've been waiting for like a year or more to get this, uh, permit to drill their expanded land package, which has, uh, a couple of dozen, uh, high grade tourmaline breccia pipes, that have delivered some fantastic results, like uh, over 400 meters of, of over 2% copper equivalent from just one of the pipes. Um, like I said, there's a couple of dozen. So uh, a lot of people I talk to and know, and me personally, have been anxious to see the rest of the uh, package drilled. And it seems to be approaching. They don't have the permits yet. That's the risk, of course. Um, and that's what I would like to know more about. So um, Chicana Copper is... Uh, one, um, and I'll tell you, we didn't talk about silver at all, but I wrote about silver mm. in, in one of my issues last week with the uh, gold-silver ratio uh, being a bit out of whack uh, recently, uh, over 80. And um, I might go talk to Max. It's going to stay out of whack. <laughs> <laughs> it's, a, it's a story I don't know that well. And this is a big, this is a big, um, well, you know, down in that area, the uh, one Scipio deposit, right? I want to go get a yep. little bit more familiar with Mag Silver, especially because that thing is, um, you know, is being built right now, and that could be great timing for a strong, strong silver run. So th- those are two easy ones, I think. Agreed. Yeah, they're in the Fresnillo district of Zacatecas. They're about an hour and a half away from the the, the town that my parents were were born and and raised in, and 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 what's home home. And so, yeah, definitely if um. If you're looking for leverage, that would definitely provide it, right? Um, a company that I am, I've followed again, you know, for years. It's been in the portfolio for years. I've written checks for um, in the past. I bought it in the open market. It's been dormant for two years, much like several of the other exploration companies that 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 have been in the portfolio that I refuse to sell because I want to see the assets explored. But K2 Gold, K2 Gold added a property recently in California that um, John Robbins called the single best early stage gold camp he's ever seen. Now, I know that this property is likely um, to meet some opposition environmentally, um, but I've been told and and I'm looking forward to visiting the project that there is uh, a, a way forward that deals with that in a transparent and responsible way. We'll see if that's the case. Um, and, and then, you know, the, the secondary property, the non-flagship is the Wells property. And they just had news 
on that today. Um, they had some exploration results, some trenches that, that, that were decent, you know, 2.15 grams per ton gold over eight meters. I get the sense that that field work they announced earlier today was announced to maybe joint venture that project and get that into somebody's hands that can work it because of how prospective the Mojave Gold Project in California is. So I think that um, keeping an eye on K2 Gold and doing some due diligence would be wise. You know, it's um, it's a part of the discovery group of companies uh, headed by John Robbins, $7.4 million market cap. That's Canadian um, with a heck of a team behind it and what appears to be a gold asset that is very prospective at just about the perfect time with gold at 1642, right? That's right. It's still a good share structure too. The stock has held up relatively well. They were able to raise money at the same price a couple of times and still under 50 million shares out. Right. And, and, and that's really it, right? Back to referencing the, the two subscriber um, notes that, that, that I received this week. You know, if, if, if companies have either added value, you know, companies like Almond and Minerals that now have a robust resource and obvious leverage in today's price environment when it comes to gold and silver, um, the advantage lithiums of the world. Sure, we wanted the buyout to be higher. But again, there's upside there through the Oro Cobra shares. But that company did what it was designed to do. It developed that Kauchari asset, the 75% of it. It did that well. The market just didn't reward it for it. Some of it was share structure. Some of it was the lithium market bottoming out, the, the, the bottom falling out of it and bottoming as we speak. Um, and, and so it is what it is. But it's hard to sell a company that's got a market cap of $7 million dollars has two, three million in the bank, has talented management, serial, serially successful management, and a great share structure. There's no reason to sell that company um, for another company unless you're looking for immediate returns because you want a company that's active and busy. And frankly, in the past couple of years, there just haven't been that many. We've had some exceptions, you know, Taranga, the K92s, the great bears of the world. Um, you got a couple of those right. I, I On a trade side, I got a couple of those right. But for the most part, exploration companies, the smaller ones that I, 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 I am really attracted to, just haven't been exploring. So I'm excited for 2020. I think it's going to be a breakthrough year for exploration stocks. And I think we're going to see brand new discoveries finally um, in a cycle that we haven't seen in quite some time. I'm ready. You know, we talk about names all the time. It's I'm not looking to add a lot of new ones here, right? I'm, I'm circling in on the ones that I know are quality and I'm, I'm excited to see them perform. I like it. I like it. Assuming you still go to PDAC, when will you be out there, Mr. Hodge? I'm only going for one day. So I'll be at PDAC all day next Sunday, um, walking the floor all morning, uh, giving some interviews I've got scheduled, uh, and then speaking in the afternoon. So next Sunday, catch me at PDAC. There you go. You guys see a tall, smart, insightful guy. Flag him down. Say hello. He'll be out there. I will not be making this go around. I hope to make the next one. Um, with everything going on in the world, I can't say I'm completely bummed out, but um, it, it should be an exciting um, climate. I think the temperature of, of, of the conference is going to be as good as it's been in quite some time. So yeah, I'm looking forward to your feedback um, from the conference. Should be good. I look forward to providing it. Excellent. Anything else on your mind you got to talk about, Mr. Hodge? No, that's it. I appreciate the therapy session as always. I am Gerardo Del Real, episode 58 of Bizarro World. We talked MAGA pigeons. We talked gold, the dollar, the bond market, juniors, coronavirus, takeouts, corruption, rape, <laughs> Bloomberg, the debates. I think it's a, a pretty well-rounded uh, podcast. Send us away, Mr. Hodge. This was episode 58, everybody. Have a great week. As rounded as the nubs of pigeon toes that have been removed with human hair. <laughs> Be nice to pigeons, y'all. Bye. See ya.